0: Hi, Curious Listener, welcome to Cornfed Killer. I'm your host, Michelle O'Dell. Today is our spooky episode of the week. Usually comes out on Friday, but today is Saturday. I am a day late on it. Day late and a dollar short, story of my life, right? <laughs> Seriously. But anyway, so I'm a day late, but I'm getting it to you today. So this episode, we are going to Wilder, Kentucky, and you've probably heard of this if you've watched Ghost Adventures or any paranormal investigation type shows, because mostly all of them have recorded there, have um, investigated there at Babby Mackey's Music World in Wilder, Kentucky, which is a nightclub, honky-tonk, country music, line dancing, fun type place. It wasn't always that though. So let's head back to 1978, the year of my birth. (laughs) All right. So Bobby Mackey, a talented country singer, you may have heard of him, and music lover purchased a building that would become, that would later become Bobby Mackey's Music World, like we said, in Wilder, Kentucky. Prior to his purchasing the building, it had been a roadhouse, nightclub, speakeasy, sometimes people referred to it as, or you know, something like that, a bar with various names and owners in the years after it had been used as a slaughterhouse, which goes way, way, way back into the 1800s when it was first built and had been used for a slaughterhouse for quite some time. Okay, so 1978, Bobby Mackey bo- finds this building and he's thinking, you know, this is going to be the perfect place for what I want to do. And he had a vision to transform the spot into a thriving nightclub honky-tonk with live music, dancing, and such. And he did. He didn't bargain for the place having a portal to hell, or being deemed the most haunted nightclub in America. But hey, it has worked out for him full show. Aside from live music performances, Bobby Mackeys now offers ghost tours and overnight stays where people can come and conduct paranormal investigations. So this has been quite lucrative for the Mackeys. Though curious listener, it hasn't always been pleasant for them or for their employees. But before we get into that, let's go back to the beginning. We're getting in the Wayback Machine to February 1st, 1896. Seventeen-year-old farmhand Johnny Hewling finds the headless body of a woman in Fort Thomas, Kentucky which is just two and a half miles away from Wilder, Kentucky. And from this site that would later become Bowie Mackey's. All right. So can you imagine being Johnny Hewling, this farmhand? He's just going about his business, you know, probably doing some kind of work for a farmer. And he stumbles upon a headless body, just a body, laying there without a fucking head Eek! that would be yikes you know that would be fucking crazy. All right anyway so the body was that of 22 year old Sunday school teacher from Greencastle Indiana Pearl Brian. Bloodhounds were brought in to sniff out a trail that might indicate where her head had been taken and or where her killers might be holed up. the bloodhounds led them to that slaughterhouse in Wilder, Kentucky. And to Pearl's killers who were hiding out there, 28-year-old dental student Scott Jackson and his roommate, 21-year-old Alonzo Walling. Now, old Scotty boy was Pearl's boyfriend. And it was reported that she was pregnant and that seemed to be pretty common knowledge as far as I could tell. And he says, you know, she wanted to abort the child, and that's why I had to kill her. Now, that's a fucking ridiculous reason, of course. And, you know, back in 1896, I don't know how she would have accomplished that anyway. So, you know, whatever. He's just a fucking dick. But that's what he said. And Alonzo Walling, his roommate, helped plan and carry out the murder of Pearl. Now Pearl's head was never found. There's a lot of folklore, (laughs) you know, all surrounding this, where her head could be. And many believe that her head was actually used in a ceremony as a blood sacrifice to Satan. And that the sacrifice is said to have taken place at the site of the abandoned well, which at this time, you know, the site was still a slaughterhouse or had just been, you know, a slaughterhouse. And this was where the well was what had been used to channel blood and guts and whatever they weren't using from the animals from the killing floor. So it would go down into this drain into the well. And that well led to licking river. And it was believed by many that the murderers, you know, these fucking assholes, threw her head down that well, and it was carried out into the Licking River. Now, though, that spot, that well, is thought to be a portal to hell. (laughs) So, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Anyway, in true 1896 fashion, the killers were hanged. I'm happy about that. Fuck them. All right. So, just before the stool was kicked out from under the gallows, Alonzo Walling reportedly proclaimed to the crowd who had gathered to watch the murderers hang that he would be back and haunt that site forever. And many people believe that he does to this day. Scott Jackson, the boyfriend killer, is thought to haunt the place as well. Now, Pearl's horrific murder isn't the only tragedy attached to what is now Bobby Mackey's music world. Oh, no, 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 curious listener. Now we're going to 1930s, 1940s, and the site was a nightclub. And there was a woman reportedly named Johanna, who was a dancer and she was pregnant at the time. And the daddy was her lover, a man named Robert Randall, who was a singer at the club at the time. Now, for whatever reason, Pearl's father was fucking furious when he found out. And he went to the club and fucking murdered her lover, the baby daddy, Robert Randall, hanging him in the dressing room. And then Joanna, distraught, obviously, by what her father had done, she retreated to an upstairs room in the nightclub and ended her own life by poisoning herself. Now, in some reports, I also saw that she murdered her father by poisoning, but I'm not sure if that is something that somebody just added later or if that actually happened. Don't know. And then in the 19... Sixties, the site was reported to be used by Satanists, who perform performed, pardon me, who performed rituals in which they sacrificed animals and such as offerings to the devil. The Satanists Satanists were said to perform ceremonies in which they summoned demons and evil spirits. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. It cannot be verified. It cannot be dispelled. Who knows? Alrighty, let's get to the paranormal stuff. Alright, so Bobby Mackey's wife, Janet, did not believe in ghosts. She was like, nah, I don't believe that this place is haunted. We're gonna, you know, buy this and it's gonna be one kick-ass honky-tonk. Well, she did not until she went to the site. According to Bobby, she was upstairs where there was an apartment above where the nightclub would be. And she heard a voice say, get out. And then she was physically pushed down the steps leading from the apartment by an unseen entity. I'm I'm sorry, not an unseen, an unknown entity. After that, she would not go anywhere near that apartment by herself. In fact, she wouldn't go anywhere near the whole fucking place. She doesn't go to Bobby Mackey's, to the Thriving Nightclub honky-tonk to this day. Later on, she apparently identified the entity that pushed her as Alonzo Walling after she was shown his picture from an old newspaper clipping. I'm with Janet, right? If some fucking ghosty with the mosty, you know, fucking push me down the stairs. You better believe my ass would be peppering it out of there to never, ever return. So Janet, I'm with you, girl. All right. So a man named Carl, a caretaker at the, at the uh, honky tonk at Bob Mackey's says that there are several demonic spirits at the nightclub. Now he's no longer the caretaker there. But at the time he lived in an upstairs apartment and he slept with a shotgun and he would lock himself in the room because he was so scared. He said that there were, was just a feeling of evil oftentimes up there. And he reported that every morning around 6 a.m. he would hear loud noises like a bunch of people walking through the nightclub. And of course, no one was there. He reports that he had been demonically possessed by evil spirits whilst living at Bobby Mackey's music world. Now, they called it a, revelin, a, little, a reverend a reverend, ga- what is wrong with me? A guy named Glenn Coe, and he reportedly spent six hours performing an exorcism on Carl interesting thing about that. After the exorcism took place, the entire wall of the room where they were doing the exorcism caught fire with no apparent cause. Crazy, right? Just nuts. And Carl, like I said, he doesn't work there anymore and I don't blame Carl either. If that fucking happened to me, there's no fucking way I would set foot in that place again. I give him total props for going back in there to be interviewed because he's been interviewed inside Bobby Mackey since this happened. And if you get a chance, you know, watch the Ghost Adventures episode if you haven't already because they interview him. And you can see that he is scared to be in there. And he absolutely 100% says he was possessed while he was there. So interesting. All right, there's another guy named Rich Lawson, and he was just a, a patron, you know, a guy who went to the bar. And he says he's washing his hands when the garbage can that had been next to the sink suddenly slid across the room and banged against the wall. Now he says, I'm just standing there watching my hand washing my hands, and all of a sudden I see. And no one, no no other human is in the room with me. And this garbage can just flies across the room and slams against the wall, the opposite wall. Then he says there's a man standing right there where it had slammed into the wall. And that the man had a handlebar mustache. And he says that the room became intensely hot. And he heard the spirit say, die game, die game, die game which who knows what die game means if he's trying to say, I'm playing a game with you and you're going to die or something, you know, but this dude was obviously spooked to shit. And it's interesting that the room became really hot because, you know, normally when, if you've, you know, watched these shows about ghosts or, you know, you've read up on them. A lot of times people will say that they feel cold when there's a spirit around. But he says, no, the room became really hot. Now this would be near where that fire was, so maybe that's what it was. All right, so a former worker at Bobby Mackey's, Donna Clifton, she says that she came in one day and the jukebox was playing the anniversary waltz, which is an old, old song from the 18... 90s early 1900s and she said that it was not one of the records they had in the jukebox and that the jukebox was unplugged So that's definitely freaky All right, remember Johanna before she ended her life She left a poem in an upstairs room of the club many people report seeing her around the club upstairs in the bar, pretty much everywhere, or some kind of female apparition. Bobby Mackey wrote a song about her and was kind of inspired by her story and by the poem that she had left. Interesting tidbit here too, is that his mother had named him Randy Mackey when he was first born. But then for some reason, when he was one day old, she said something just came over her and she changed his name to Robert Randall Mackey, Bobby Mackey, which if you recall, is the same name of the man, Joanna's lover, that was murdered by, Joanna's lover that was murdered by her father. Now this was back in, you know, the 40s or 30s, I found conflicting reports on that. But you know, back in the day. So very interesting. It's almost as if, if you believe this sort of thing, Bobby was led there. You know, you know how you just feel and I, I do the, do feel this with certain places like you just feel compelled to go there or once you're there, you feel like a sense that you're supposed to be there or you feel a sense of um, home or something. So it's very interesting that that happened. So Randy is also said to haunt the place. Every investigation that has taken place there has reported problems with their audio and video equipment. The spotlight room and catwalk up above the stage is an area that has seen a lot of activity and reportedly several psychics and mediums who have visited there have gotten ill and one was pushed backwards. So, you know, I think ghosts and everything were fascinating and I certainly believe in them and would love to experience something, but to be physically touched or pushed by an unseen force That's a whole nother thing. You know, I don't think I would like that. All right. So near the well where they, you know, used to use to get the blood and guts down, you know, away from the slaughterhouse, is another spot that people have reported experiencing paranormal activity. Like we said, this is the spot where people feel like this is a portal to hell, that evil spirits, enter and exit through this spot. It's believed that the spirits of both Alonzo and Jackson spend a lot of time there. And the well is in a basement area. And reportedly, this is a spot where a lot of devil worshipers would perform their rituals. And there is a spot there that is known as the Room of Faces. And people report seeing faces just appear on the walls. And one worker said that he came down on uh, came down one night, he was uh, one of the caretakers, and he said, you know, I'm just coming down to check everything. And he says that it was locked, but I went in and there was a green glowing circle on the ground. And when he touched it, the ground was hot. Very odd, just a very odd thing. And he couldn't figure out how anyone could have gotten in there to do that because it had already been locked up. So very odd. Even, I, th- well, I don't know if it's even more weird, but it's definitely as weird. Um, next to that hole, that portal to hell, kind of across from it, adjacent to it, is a staircase that leads to nowhere. It just goes up but there's nothing above it. Or uh, you could say it goes down into the basement, but from nowhere, right? You can't access it from above because there's nothing there. It's just the ceiling. So it's very weird. And a lot of people think for some reason that maybe this is a portal to heaven. Maybe you've got both down there. I don't think I buy that. I think it's a nice idea and maybe helps people not be so fucking terrified when they're down there but it is very odd that someone would have a staircase built there but you know it had been burnt down at one point maybe that was just left over from when it did lead somewhere who knows but that is going to be it for today's spooky episode If you get a chance, curious listener, I think Bobby Mackey's music world would be worth a visit, even if nothing paranormal happens. I mean, it looks like a cool place either way. I definitely have it on my bucket list. I would love to do an investigation there, or at the very least, one of their ghost tours. And if I do, I will, of course, let you know. If you do, please let me know. Please share with me any of your. Uh, ghosty stories, if you do visit Bobby Mackey's, or really if you if you have any kind of paranormal experiences anywhere, I would love to hear about it and share it on the show. You can email those stories to Podcast at gmail.com um, and just put something in the subject line that lets me know what it is so I know what I'm looking at and what to look for. Alrighty, and you can find some photos on the Instagram as always at Cornfed Killer Podcast. Until next time, curious listener. Bye.